0: Hi, I'm Lauren Good, Senior Tech Editor at The Verge, and you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, where we answer all of the questions you were too embarrassed to ask about consumer tech. It could be about phones or laptops, the smart home, cloud services, or even fake news, which we talked about with CNN's Brian Stelter just a few weeks ago. So send us your questions, because we really do read them all. You can find us on the Twitter and tweet them to at Recode, or to me, Lauren Good, with an E at the end, with the hashtag TooEmbarrassed. We also have an email address, TooEmbarrassed at Recode.com. Net And just a friendly reminder that Embarrass has two R's and two S's in it. Unfortunately, Kara Swisher couldn't join me as co-host today because she was working on this big scoop. So go to Recode.net and maybe you'll see it by the time this podcast publishes. But if you miss her as much as I do, you can listen to our great back catalog of episodes or you can watch some of the videos from our Code Media conference earlier this week. Kara was there. She was on stage a whole bunch. She interviewed some really great guests, so you can check those out. But I'm very excited to welcome Joanna Stern of the Wall Street Journal back on the show, and she has just finished firing off an angry email to Kara.
1: Very to angry. her why she's
0: not here. I'm just going to do caps. a Kara
1: impression the whole time.
0: Oh, that's a great idea. How do I that? What would your Kara impression <clears throat> be like? Kara, how's your day going?
1: Not good, Lauren. Really bad.
0: That was pretty. Why is it going so badly?
1: Because... Nobody's doing their work except for me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What
0: is I know that was pretty good. That was pretty good. If you were to get like really specific, you probably have to say nobody picks up the phone and calls people anymore the way I do. Something oh, okay. like that. Nobody yeah, picks, picks up I the mean, phone. was close. They don't make yeah. phone
1: calls anymore. They're just using data on their phones. So That's now we have right. to talk right. about data and I need to understand what that is. And I don't understand it.
0: Are you wearing sunglasses indoors right now? Yes. I'm wearing them. But there
1: you go. Very bright in See? Here. But I look amazing. Well, that <laughs> That's actually Joanna saying that Kara looks amazing because I always think Kara looks amazing. Even she when does, Kara looks exhausted, looks so it's like the exhaustion of like a great person who you know did something great with their no hours of sleep. Yeah. So, Kara, like, even though I've made fun of you for the last three minutes, I really do love you.
0: We love you. And I always think you look beautiful. It's the exhaustion of someone on. who's been crawling through the vents in Yahoo all night. Just- oh, is
1: it a Yahoo scoop? Oh.
0: No, this one's not, actually. Oh, interesting. Even more. We could that play this whole Yahoo. process of elimination game for, like, the whole podcast. I know. Could and be And also, anything.
1: like, soon when there is no Yahoo, what will Kara have scoops on?
0: Altaba. Isn't that how you say it? <laughs> is that how you say that? Eric's laughing. Eric Johnson, our producer, is like, oh, gosh. Eric's like, oh, I thought I was getting off easy today because Kara wasn't here. But it turns out Lauren and Joanna are just going to go off the rails. Yeah. And do terrible <laughs> impressions of Kara. <laughs> uh well Joanna you joined us back in November when we talked about the latest updates to the MacBook Pro lineup uh which was very controversial because of the touch bar but this still, time you know, by the way I, just everyone... say I still
1: stand by that review um a lot of times like things happen and you know life happens and you start to use the product and you realize oh shit I was wrong and I don't feel that way I don't feel that way at all in fact I, I'm I'm about to probably get a new 13 inch Pro that's a the old Pro, not the new Pro. So not to the get again one. off the rails, but I, I think I was right. The, I'm always right. But The I was, one with MagSafe really
0: right and an SD card port and like the old, old one.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. The 13-inch Pro, yep. Pro, old Pro. Good for you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one of our editors, Joe Brown, he just updated a MacBook Air. He just got a new one. And he said, I got a new MacBook Air. And I said, like, you mean the uh, MacBook Air, the old MacBook Air? And he said, yeah, I got a new old MacBook Air.
1: Well, like, Walt, oh. we know has stockpiled the MacBook Airs. And so, <laughs> yes, you know, if if anyone if doomsday comes and we don't have the MacBook Air anymore, everyone to Walt's house.
0: We're all going to his bunker in Maryland. Yeah. I have his address. <laughs>
1: Should I say it on air? No? Okay. But today we are not talking are we talking about MacBook Airs? What are we talking about? We
0: can. No, we're going, so this time we're going to talk about everyone's least favorite aspect of their personal tech lives, and that is the wireless carriers, and maybe I'm projecting a little bit. Maybe it's not everyone's least favorite aspect of their personal tech lives, but maybe it's my least favorite thing. But you recently wrote a column about overage fees and wireless data plans, and you really did a good job of breaking it down. Wireless plans change all the time now in in the US. And then just the other day, Verizon announced it was bringing back an unlimited data plan for $80 a month and all that. And everyone should know, by the way, when I first reached out to Joanna, this was a while ago after her column ran, and I said, would you come on the show to talk about this? She was like, this is super boring.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it is really, really boring. Like I I even was bored writing my column. But I was actually (laughs) somewhat not because this is the one time of the year where I only do like a wireless story one time a year. And by the way, like Inside Baseball... One of the worst things to have to do as a journalist, as a tech journalist is to cover wireless plans because dealing with the companies is so hard because many, and I'll say this. They might be listening. I find that many people that work at the companies don't understand the wireless plans because they're so complicated. Um, and mm-hmm. so your email chains soon turn, you know, normally you got like what like ten to twenty chain, you know, whatever you see on your gmail, right? Like they quickly turn to like in the hundreds. Like that's how many times mm-hmm. you've been emailing at yeah. the companies because, They have all this fine print and they have all these different plans and they've got grandfathered plans and they don't know what's going on.
0: And in some cases, you even ask a question like you'll say, but wait, can you help explain this aspect of the plan or what's the catch here? And then do you ever find the literally copy and paste from the the wording that's that's available on the Mm -hmm. consumer facing website and send it to you and go, as we've explained here. Right. Yeah. No, I'm actually asking for. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You didn't. Yeah.
1: So we sort of just did that. I'm not even going to apologize for it.
0: No, don't apologize. But let's back it up a little bit. We are going to go through what you think the best plans are and what to look out for. But what really, a lot of things have changed in the past couple of years. And what would you say really kicked off all of these quote unquote uncarrier slash next slash month to month slash new unlimited deals? Like what really started the ball rolling on this flurry of activity in, in the wireless yeah, uh, I mean in recent years. I mean it is T-Mobile. I
1: mean T-Mobile deserves a lot of credit, um but I would also say T-Mobile did some great things and then the chaos that ensued after is kind of T-Mobile's fault. So in terms of leading the way, T-Mobile made a lot of great changes for consumers, but God love them a lot of things went really wrong after that because then you've got these competitors trying to follow suit. But let me just kind of back up for some people who don't know really what T-Mobile did. T-Mobile is really responsible for ending contracts. I mean, we we could say there were some other things going on in the industry at the same time, but T-Mobile basically said, screw two-year contracts. We want people to be able to pay for their phones separately from the data and the cellular service that they get. And so just to back up for some people who don't know, and this is really complicated and it is actually, it used to be a nightmare to try and figure out, when we were using two-year contracts, we were buying our phones with the service. So you'd say... Let's take the iPhone. You were getting an iPhone for $200, right? Great deal, $200. This phone is really $650, but I'm only going to pay $199. But then you were agreeing to two years of service with Verizon or AT&T or Sprint or or T-Mobile at that point. And baked into that monthly payment that you were actually paying for your service, for the data and for the cellular calls, was the price of the phone. So you were paying off the price of the phone over two years, and there were sort of mysterious fees in there. You didn't know where your money was going. And so what T-Mobile did was say, you will buy your phone separately. We will either give you a phone for $650, you can buy the phone outright, or you can pay us for two years monthly installments for that phone. And then separately on your bill, you're going to pay for the data you use and the phone and the minutes, or we don't use minutes anymore, but the, but the other cellular service we provide. And these are going to be two separate things on your bill. And so the rest of the industry said, okay, a lot of people, t mobiles really making sense here with, their, with them doing this. Verizon followed suit, AT&T followed suit, and Sprint followed suit. So we now pay for our phones separately from our wireless service.
0: So it's really not all that different. It's just that it's sort of bucketed or categorized differently. Now it's more explicit. Okay, here's your monthly phone charge. It might be 20 something dollars a month over a period of months. Exactly. Rather than that fee just being as you put it and you put it well, mysteriously kind of baked in.
1: Yeah, it's it was mysteriously baked in and one of the big problems that would happen is actually People were not always upgrading their phones after two years. And if you weren't upgrading your phone after two years, this was a big problem because you were basically paying the carrier more money, right? Because... Then the phone was worth. Then the phone was worth. Let's say you bought Mm -hmm. that iPhone. uh, You bought that iPhone 4, right? You bought the iPhone 4. You got it for $200. But then you decided, I'm going to hold on to this iPhone till the iPhone 6, right? Because you got the 4S in there. You got a 5. You got a 5S. But I'm going to hold on to the iPhone to the iPhone 6. For those years, you were paying the carrier more money for the phone because it was baked into the cellular fee. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it is a good thing that these two things were uncoupled. Um, And it is shocking now when you kind of go shopping for a smartphone, you're like, wait, shit, I got to pay $650 for a phone? I don't have that kind of money. Um, but now the the carriers offer this this other option, which is a payment plan. You know, you pay 20 to $25 off uh, every month for the phone. And then at two years, you've paid off the cost of the phone. And if you want to upgrade to a new one, we will give you a new payment plan. If you want to hold on to that phone, you've paid for the cost of the phone.
0: And one of the supposed benefits of these new month-to-month style plans is that if you are a person who wants to trade in your phone sooner than you would have in the past because you would have been locked in before, now you can just sort of, trade in a phone and get a new one if a new one comes out that strikes your fancy, right? Are people actually doing that?
1: So I think a lot of people are doing that, at least early adopters are doing that. But I think one of the things that is happening, and this is one of the things that's hurting Apple and other device manufacturers, is people are holding on to their phones longer because there hasn't been as much innovation or change in the phones. And so people may be holding on to their phones for, you know, two to three years, sometimes four years. You know, I, I, I certainly know in my, my you know, circle of friends, a lot of people did not upgrade to the iPhone 7, despite, you know, Apple having a good run or a decent run at this. um, People are holding off for the next one. They were able to say, you know, the iPhone 6 was a great upgrade. I'm going to hold out to the iPhone amazing that comes out in 2017.
0: Is that what it's called?
1: Uh, Yeah. You heard it here first, everybody.
0: Joanna Stern with the scoop live on Too Embarrassed to Ask, the iPhone amazing. Tim Cook called me yesterday, told me that's what it's called. That's amazing actually you know
1: it's with an eye it's an eye amazing
0: i amazing yeah yeah
1: that's what he told me you know you are
0: blowing my mind i know
1: johnny ive is not totally happy about the eye he thought we they were losing it you know (laughs) because they like didn't call the eye watch the eye watch even though everyone calls it the eye watch uh or the eye touch everyone calls it that too um, so they're just going to bring it back here with the amazing.
0: So Johnny Ive can be found right now somewhere in Cupertino's campus with his head in his hands, just going, oh, just, we just X, just, yeah. just X. We just call it the iPhone X. <laughs> okay. So what would you say? It's hard to say because this stuff is so fluid. It's like trying to hold water in your hands, yeah. trying mm-hmm. to figure this stuff out. But like, what would you say is the, the, the best all around wireless plan you think you can get right now from the, from the four big carriers in the U.S.?
1: Yeah, so that's like a, a really it is a really tough question, right? So like, I, I think T-Mobile has done some really great things, and as what you what you see happens in the industry, and this is sort of t T-Mobile's biggest problem. They've certainly had a number of jump. They've had a huge jump in subscribers, or they, at least they did last year, and uh, I think it was the fourth quarter. They had a huge jump in subscribers. But you shouldn't switch. And I, I make this point in the column. You should not switch to a different carrier for a deal. It's just the worst thing you can do. You only want to switch if you know that that has the best service in the best places in the places you are. That's what's most important. So, saying like something has the best plan, it can be a little bit misleading to readers or people that follow this podcast. So, I don't like to say that um, because I don't want people to like go run and go get T Mobile and then find out. Oh no, I don't have my vacation home or you know, my office is a T-Mobile dead spot. And that's one of the biggest problems mm-hmm. with T-Mobile and and, and also Sprint. Uh, AT&T and Verizon in the U.S. have, I mean, I wouldn't say superb coverage, but they have the best coverage that you can get. And so that's what's made them um, more of a premium offering. All this said, I, I feel like I've couched this all, T-Mobile does have some great deals. And uh, now you see – Verizon specifically this week trying to catch up with an unlimited deal. You have um, you have Sprint also just hustling with with the old Verizon guy all over the place saying you know we are the best and we will basically give you everything for free. We're so desperate for customers and uh, AT and T has also followed. But I would say what's great about what, what's great about T Mobile is. They have now switched to, quote, unquote, all unlimited plans. And so Mm -hmm. you get a very big bucket of data. And we we can talk about this in a few minutes. You get a very big bucket of data. But they also have also put the fees inside that. So there's no hidden fees on your your bill. And I think that's actually really important because I think everyone needs to understand what's happening on their bill. Even if you don't think you can save any money, just understand where your money is going. Because Mm -hmm. these companies will take you for everything. They do take me for everything. And so it makes me feel better to just know where the money is going. And for instance, like I in in this process, like I called Verizon or went into a Verizon store and found out about like three things I didn't know Verizon was offering because it's such a mess in their app and everything like that. So just understand what's going on with your bill.
0: So the first thing is to look up what the um, coverage is like in your area. And you can do that using what was it uh, you mentioned, um, root metrics. Yeah, root right? metrics
1: is a great way to to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. So do that. Find and also, out and also who ask offers people, the best coverage where
1: you are. Exactly. Exactly. And ask people. So, for instance, like one of the reasons I stay with Verizon is because my parents just got a house upstate. And I know that Verizon has good service there. But because I've seen other people with T Mobile there, there is no good service. And that's not something that would have come up on root metrics, but just ask around or, or when you go to those places, see if anyone else has that type of service or that carrier and decide then, you know, what you'd feel comfortable with.
0: This is a real tech reviewer problem, by the way, but I also am on Verizon. Um, and then, you know, we're constantly sort of cycling through these loaner phones or these new devices that come through. And a lot of times, some of the new, you know, brand new unlocked cool phones that I'm trying to test are only operating on a GSM network and not CDMA. So I have to like, Basically, get a different SIM card and something that will operate on that network um, as well. It seems like it's still a little bit easier to switch yeah. from device to device if you're on GSM. It does. It, I mean, but
1: some of the phones have both of the radios in it. So iPhone, you shouldn't yes. have that problem. Um, also, mm-hmm. the Pixel, the new Pixel has have have both of the radios, so you should be fine. But yeah, totally. I mean, AT T and T Mobile are going to be more compatible with more phones, uh, especially if you travel
0: internationally. Right. So what are some of the catches in these plans? Because I was reading through the Verizon fine print the other day after they just you know announced they were bringing this $80 per month unlimited plan back. And it seems like there are some instances where throttling is going to come into play. Some people won- might not even understand what throttling really means. They're going to sort of limit your data speeds on hotspots or yep. tethering, which I do all the time. What are some things people just like should definitely be aware of if you're thinking of One of these newer plans.
1: So the best way, let me try to describe it this way. So with all of these these plans now, all four of the big networks in the U.S. offer unlimited plans. And so let's use unlimited in quotes because there really is no such thing as an unlimited plan. Just like there's no such thing as anything in life is free, right? Like nothing is free. Nothing is truly unlimited. So – Let's think about it this people way. People didn't know we
0: were going to get so dire on this podcast. Yeah. Nothing is free, people. Nothing in life. Really no nothing free in lunch. life is
1: free. Especially <laughs> the the handouts they have at Costco. Those are not free. You will pay for them in some shape or form, <laughs>
0: right? Yesterday I saw Mike Isaac a tweet our, our buddy Mike Isaac at the New York Times tweeted someone handed me free yogurt on the street corner this morning and I took it and I put it in my backpack what? and then at the end of the day he destroyed his backpack. So Everyone's like, there's no free yogurt in life, There's Mike. no free yogurt just, in life. There's no, no free yogurt,
1: okay? There, I, I mean, I really mean that about the Costco thing. Those things are not free, <laughs> okay? You will end up buying something ridiculous at Costco because you just even had one free little piece of pretzel and hummus that wasn't even that good, okay? <laughs> okay, so let's picture it this way. They give you an unlimited plan, right? So that means you should have as many gigabytes in the world to stream video all day long and all night long and – I don't know, watch all of Lauren's videos and all my videos and download millions of files and all of these things, right? You should have enough to do all of that all through the month, except that's not really true. So the best way I think to think of that is like you have a highway and you are cruising down the highway and you can go as fast as you can on that highway. You're going to get, you know, as fast speeds when you've got this unlimited data. But if you hurt a cap when there is a, a lot of people on the network so if you're in a place where there's a lot of people using their phones and you've used a, a lot of data that month, the net, the the carrier will deprioritize your phone. So they might say, oh, in this one area, it could be a concert. It could be someplace, I don't know, you know, a, a train station. Lots of people are on their phones and are on our network right now. Oh, Joanna over there, she used 50 gigabytes this month of data. Well, we We are going to take her down right now because the network is so busy. We're going to throttle her speeds down. so that her her LTE speeds are not going to be as fast as Lauren over there, who's one of our customers who doesn't have un, unlimited data and she's only used two gigabytes this month. So in there are these times of heavy traffic on these networks, they take the people who have unlimited data and have used a lot of data and bring down their speeds. Does that make any sense?
0: It makes perfect sense. You can have no speed limit whatsoever on the highway and you can have your fancy sports car and you're going as fast as you want. But if there are lots of people on the road, you're not going to be able to go as fast. Exactly. Things get congested. Exactly.
1: Yeah. I totally, you totally described that way better than I did. I That's was trying no, to go no, with no, the, but, the highway metaphor and then, you know, I got off at the, road, the pit stop and went to a dirty bathroom <laughs> and I got stuck in there. I don't know. <laughs>
0: also you got sick from the food i got sick garage, from the free and the food the road, and, and it's just yeah the yogurt but, in the bag <laughs>
1: and so the the caps when so the companies basically say uh in the case of verizon and at&t or they have similar if you hit 22 gigabytes of use on the on your unlimited plan that month you are eligible not eligible you you could be one of the people who will be throttled down On Sprint, that's 23 gigabytes. On T-Mobile, that's 28 gigabytes.
0: Which is a lot, by the way. It is a lot. lot. It is a lot. And then in terms of using your phone as a hotspot or tethering, which I do all the time. I don't have a separate hotspot. A lot of people do. um, But I just use my phone. So that's automatically going to be a slower speed than just your regular data on your phone? Um, I think that depends
1: on the carrier. I know Verizon has some stipulations there, but but T-Mobile doesn't.
0: Okay, interesting. Is there anything else that people should be aware of when they're starting to look into one of these new unlimited plans, aside from throttling?
1: Yeah, one thing. I mean, Verizon seems to have more stipulations than the others. One of the one of the things that I've been reading about Verizon is interesting, and this is something common to many of the carriers right now because they want to keep um, they want to keep people paying their bills, and they want to keep people uh, sort of consistently as customers so verizon requires you actually either auto pay for this or that you have that you that you pay with a debit card you pay with a debit card or you've hooked up your your checking or savings account to pay for this so that's a big catch um but mm-hmm. it's also like uh t-mobile has similar sort of savings if you or it's t-mobile and sprint forget how much it is but it's like five to ten dollars a month of savings if you use auto pay
0: oh okay Interesting. So where do products like Google Fi or a company like Republic Wireless fit into this landscape? Because we've spent a lot of time talking about the four big carriers so far.
1: Yeah. So I think these are fascinating. And I think, unfortunately, there's such like a monopoly by these four big carriers. And that's what most people think to go to when they're getting their their service. But Google Fi is really interesting for, for two reasons. One it's sort of the model that you pay what you use. And so here we're buying like unlimited data or we're buying 8 gigs of data and you get 10, 10 gigs cuz you get bonus data, like who the hell knows what that means. Um but you know there's this model of like you pay what you use and that makes a lot of sense, right? Like if everything just cost, you know, you knew what 1 gigabyte cost a month or whatever and you paid that and then you just kept going and you you paid for what you use. It would make sense. And so I think that's a mm-hmm. a really interesting model. Um, and Google doesn't really have much to lose because they they don't have the major you know many years of what what the other traditional carriers have offered. I think there's another interesting thing with wireless or Wi-Fi built into the plans. And I think more and more, I mean, obviously we have five G on on the the horizon and other types of things. But why we are more and more around great and fast Wi-Fi. And so the handoff, making the handoff between Wi-Fi networks and mobile data uh, makes a lot of sense. And so a lot of that engineering also has to happen in the phone, and that's what Republic Wireless is so good at. And also Wi-Fi calling, Wi-Fi phone calls, can sound so much better than the the traditional carrier uh, phone calls. I mean, they have HD Mm -hmm. voice and things like that. But I've thrown a lot in at this. I mean, I think they're really interesting. You should look at them, but also, of course, come back to where's that coverage and um, does your device work with these, these companies?
0: So Joanna Stern says, coverage first, that's your priority. Then look very closely at pricing and deals that are being offered to you and look at the fine print and make sure that they're actually transparent about where your money's going. And then also look into options that maybe are doing some type of Wi-Fi handoff. And you can't tell, by the way, like when you call somebody, even if you call somebody over, let's say, FaceTime audio compared with a standard cellular connection, you're like, oh, wow, it sounds super clear. right? And there are times now when I've traveled overseas. And I haven't even bothered to get a SIM card because mo- in most cases, Wi-Fi is, is pretty accessible and you can just use Wi-Fi calling for whatever you need.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's happening in New York too. We have this great public Wi-Fi system that's going in and some of the technologies that have happened on the phone that you might not even be aware of. There's this thing called Passpoint that allows you to sort of seamlessly go through uh, Wi-Fi networks. So, you know, if you're one area and you go to another area, um, your phone you might drop that Wi-Fi. Like, you know, that happens... With, with networks, you, know, you, you leave your home and then you go to your office. But if they have the same sort of network, they don't have to drop the Wi-Fi connection. So lots of technology in the background that's really coming along uh, that could really, really get us off of the dependence of, of the cellular networks.
0: We live in the future, and the future is phone calls in the subway. That's just awesome. Uh, In a minute, we're going to answer some more questions that our readers and listeners sent in to Joanna. People were very excited to hear that she was coming back on the show. Uh, But first, we're going to take a quick break and read a word from our sponsor. I wish Kara was here because she usually goes, And then she does like a little dance. She doesn't actually dance. I just like to say that she does. But today's show is brought to you by HostGator. If you're ready to take your website to the next level, whether you're a first time blogger or an experienced web pro, Hostgator has a bunch of tools that you can use to create a really great looking website or even an online store. And if you ever need a boost in hosting power, Hostgator does cloud, VPS, dedicated server hosting that can easily handle your maximum visitor traffic. So go check out Hostgator and see what it can do for your website. Right now, Recode listeners get 60% off. So just go to hostgator.com recode. That's hostgator.com recode and get your 60% off. So if you've been listening to our show, you know how it works. Every week we take questions from our readers and listeners and we try to answer everything that we can. And you can send them in by tweeting at us with the hashtag toembarrassed or just email us embarrass at recode.net. This week, we're answering your questions about wireless plans. I almost just said this week, we're going to answer questions about Joanna's super cute dog because I think that would be more fun, honestly, than talking about the wireless carriers again. He is a famous Um, columnist now. He's so cute. He's very famous. He's He's the cutest. He just makes me happy on Instagram. And sometimes I take a break from reading political news and just go look at people's pets on Instagram. And yours is one of them. Um, Okay, so next time we're going to talk about your dog. But uh, the first question is from Utterly Random Techie. On Twitter, uh, what's the point of doing unlimited data plans if they're going to throttle speeds after a limit? Hashtag too embarrassed.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we were just talking about this. I think, I think these plans really only make sense for people who use a crap load of data, right? I mean, the average person does not use that much data. In fact, when I did the piece a couple of weeks ago, Verizon was so quick because they didn't have this unlimited data plan at the time. And they actually told me, let me go to this real quick. They told me that their average customer only uses 2.7 gigabytes every month. Okay. So that's like the lowest tier. So most people don't need this much data. They're probably at home using Wi-Fi or they're at the office and they can use Wi-Fi there. And then when they use this data, they're out and about or whatever. So I think it really only makes sense for people who are super worried that they're going to go over the highest cap, uh, which is, you know, 20 or maybe like 15, I don't know what some of these, these. Um, well, actually, I think they have like 30 or 40 gigabyte plans. Um, wow. But I, I really wonder how many people are actually using those. Like me and my family, me and my wife, we share 12 gigabytes of data. And I use it all and I don't let her have any. But um, <laughs> You worked um, that out ahead
0: of, ahead of you know, <laughs> just closing the deal, right? Yeah. I mean, like, okay, personally, <laughs> I personally, listen, mean, Michelle, I'm going to get all the data.
1: And also, I've said this, The the biggest step was not in my my marriage or in my relationship was not getting married. It was going on a family plan together. (laughs) I truly believe one of the toughest things in life, the biggest decision you make is not who you will spend the rest of your life with, but who you will be on a family plan with. And so The person
0: could be like, okay, we need to talk about my debt. You're like, no, 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 don't worry about that. Let's just talk about, it. let's sort out the family plan.
1: I need to know how much data you use. I need to know how, much, how you're going to use it. You know, it's, it's a big decision. It's a big, big decision. What was the question again?
0: <laughs> now I'm curious, what is the most data you've used in a single month? Have you ever gone over the 12 I've megabytes? I've gone over,
1: definitely. Um, I think maybe now I'm on 16 because you have these bonus data things with, with Verizon. But actually, so let's actually just back up for one second. And so this guy's question is a great question. I really think only these unlimited plans are for really heavy users who are... Really can't that exceed this, you know, thirty or forty gigabyte caps that that the networks have that they have.
0: That's just nuts. That's just so much data. It is a lot
1: of data, but I, mean, I want to bring up something that that many of these carriers now have, and you need to contact your carrier if you are not aware of this. And this is overage protection, and this is something again that T-Mobile brought to the market, and now every single carrier has this, but they bury it, and they might bury the setting. So, overage protection. Let's say you have five gigabytes a month, okay, or six gigabytes a month, and you share that with three other people on your plan or two other people in your plan. If you go over the six gigabytes a month, the companies will not charge you for data. They will give you, they will let you keep using, but they will make the speeds super slow, right? So, you go over six gigabytes of data, you need to keep using your phone for email, or uh, streaming music might not work so well, but email or some light web browsing or whatever, you can still use use the data. It's just going to be at 2G speeds.
0: Hmm. Okay, and they're not going to charge you. They're not going to
1: charge you. If you want, you can buy high, more high-speed data, right? You can buy right, another 2G bytes of to do high-speed by data, or you can just ride out the rest of the month and use the slower speeds.
0: Yeah, like you. I often get a, an SMS, yeah, text message that'll exactly. say you're, you know, you're at seventy five percent, and you can upgrade now for fifteen dollars more a month. And it happens all the time. That's right. And, um, yeah, and so of course they're trying to get you to pay for more data. Yep. Yeah, but okay, So if I want to tell you this, something this about Verizon. Setting on right.
1: Verizon has a no more surprise overages plan, and you can turn this on. You have to go into their app and turn it on, but they don't just have it enabled because, because they're assholes.
0: But they want you to pay they want I mean I'm sorry text message
1: Yes, exactly. so today, Lauren, go into your Verizon app you have to get the new app it's super fancy, it's beautiful, it's a beautiful app and go in and enable safety mode and this will make sure that you will not even if you go again, they'll still text you to buy more data. but if you decide not to buy more data, you're not going to get charged for going over you're just going to have slower speeds.
0: So this, this is a true story. Not too long ago, I was going over a lot. I went over my on my uh, data for three months consecutively, and my bill was getting out of control. So I finally called Verizon and I said, um, listen, this is happening. And I really don't think I'm using my phone or using data any differently than I have been for the past however many years that I've been on Verizon, but for whatever reason I'm going over, maybe I'm using my hotspot a little bit more and I'm getting these crazy bills and I want to explore options. I'm gonna explore other options. I'm looking at other carriers as well. What can we do about this? And long story short, it was like, I end up paying, I think 15 or 10 or $15 more a month just to up my data capacity. So I ended up off the phone like, great, I really didn't accomplish what I wanted to, but maybe I won't get slapped with these crazy bills going forward, but they did say, you should turn on this safety feature that you were talking about. And I said, okay, great. How do I do that? And they said, you can just go to the website. Uh, I wasn't using the mobile app. I was actually on the website and like click this toggle. And I said, okay, great. And I got off the phone with them and I logged into Verizon online and I went to the toggle and it said like, this is not working right now. Like essentially like it just wouldn't do the thing I wanted it to do. So I was like, you've got to be kidding me. So I got back on the phone I mean, and called them and I said, this is not working on your website. Can you just do it? Can you just turn it on? And they were like, they said, sure. You know? And so now I actually am using that.
1: Right. And I haven't
0: noticed that much. I haven't noticed crazy slow data at any point. Yeah. I'm sure. You I mean, probably I don't never do know. At that point, I think I'm at 10 gigabytes a month. So, actually, just logged into my account. I actually have 16
1: gigabytes a month. I thought it was at 12, and I also and another thing, Verizon has taken from well, now they don't have this anymore, but it's something that they had taken from T-Mobile or or um, AT and T is carryover data. So, if you don't use all the data in that month, it's going to carry over to the next month, but then it only lasts for one month. You can't take it into the month after after that.
0: Right. Okay, let's let's go on to the next question. Uh, this one's from Margaret, whose handle on Twitter is not even big data. Is it possible to use wireless data as a home Wi Fi replacement, assuming you have a big data plan and not many users? Hmm. I mean, it is I mean, it's possible technically possible.
1: Um, and actually, after I wrote the column, I had heard from someone that they were doing that. Um, you're just going to run into that problem. If you are in those places of, of higher congestion, uh, your your speeds are gonna be deprioritized. They could be slowed. And there is, you know, if, if you're really going above and beyond and you're abusing this, you know, I, I think there are things Verizon could do. But I, I I think um
0: I mean you could do it. You could. I, I suppose. could. I, I mean I'm thinking wouldn't... about stuff like streaming video. Um Right. And one of yeah. the things
1: that they do on on T-Mobile, and I think they may have changed this. – this is how it's all fluid. You know, T-Mobile was saving data by um, down resing to 480. Uh, they were not – They you know, on your phone, they figure you don't need an HD stream because the quality isn't going to be as good and your phone screen is so small. It's not going to really matter. Why do you need to stream 1080 or why do you even need to stream 4K? I wonder what happens then if you're streaming on, you know, Apple TV and you're using – your you know that connection if they're right a, it's a good question
0: i um, mean i guess uh for margaret the answer would be assuming you have a big data plan it would probably have less to do with how big your data plan is and more to do with just how how much surfing and streaming mm-hmm. and stuff you are doing at home because I know people that, you know, they nice, have like teenagers, uh, and their teenagers exceed these crazy monthly data mm-hmm. limits just by watching videos on their phone all the time. So, if your nightly habit is to go home and stream internet video, then right? Maybe not so much. I don't know. But yeah, technically possible. It also
1: just be way faster to get Wi-Fi.
0: Yes. Yeah. Mm. So just pay more money, Margaret. That's the answer. At the end yeah. of the day, just give give all the ISPs and wireless carriers all your money. That's yep. what, that's the road we're headed down. Next question is from Jeff Kushmerick, who's written in before. Thanks, Jeff. Are family plans worth it? What's the best for getting multiple children access without blowing my data?
1: I mean, pretty much everything is a family plan now. Everything is a is a fundamentally a shared data plan where the the company gives you a bucket of data and then When you put another phone or device on there, you pay an access fee for that phone or device. I mean, that's how Verizon, AT&T, and pretty much Sprint work. So, I mean, to answer this person's question, pretty much everything is a family plan. You really can't get anything other than a shared data plan these days unless you're one person. What's the best for getting multiple children access without blowing my data? I think the best thing there. Well, there's a couple of things you can do on the phone side to limit their data and to actually um, set alerts for each device. So that would be the best thing you could do. You could go into the apps. The I, I, I'm familiar with the Verizon app, but I know AT and T has a similar thing where you can go in and see which devices are using the most data, and so you could limit the sort of know which one of your kids are, you know, what they're doing there. You can encourage them also to be on Wi-Fi more. You could have uh, another thing that I, I did a quick little piece on a couple of weeks ago and did uh, you know a lot of people found it very helpful is each of the social media networks um, on the, in their apps have ways to limit data. Uh, Snapchat is one of them. Um, they have a, a it's a, called a travel mode setting that is buried in the settings, but that lets you it doesn't automatically load the videos when you're on mobile on, on a mobile network on LTE. Facebook has something that will uh, limit the auto playing. I have that turned off on mine. So those settings are a good thing to to play around with. But overall, I mean, I think you just got to keep an eye on which family members are the biggest of users of, of the data.
0: Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it's not a question of whether or not family plans are worth it. It seems like they're just inevitable. That's yeah. the, you're going to have some type of shared plan if you have kids who aren't old enough to have their own wireless account. And then it seems like it's a combination of doing a little bit of damage control in terms of the apps and devices your kids are using and then just trying to keep an eye on it
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah because i guess you can't really call the way you can call like say itunes the first time around and say like my kid bought 300 dollars worth of in-app purchases and they give you like that one-time pass you can't right. really call the wireless company and yeah be like, and like my kid you just should be keeping an eye on it data.
1: in the app yeah like I, i'm in the app right now and i can see which phone line who's been using more like, it's your dog isn't it yeah my dog dog's is using, using everything. Everything. So
0: much. Puppy, puppy. Actually, I, lie. Okay. I
1: have 30 gigabytes of data now. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, they make this very complicated.
0: Maybe Verizon is listening to this podcast right now, and they're like, oh, no. They, she called us assholes. We need to get into her account, add a bunch of data. So by the end of it, she's like, I love Verizon.
1: And I just, that's probably just inherited all, and and all so this data. so I am data. looking in this, and I've used 20% of our data this month, and Michelle has used 30. So
0: Michelle has used 30?
1: 30%. But well, we've oh, oh, only used okay. 50%. So,
0: okay. That's
1: good. She probably, and and we're about halfway
0: through the month. So that's, that's good. Well, I don't know what billing cycle you're on, but yeah. Okay. Uh, we have a couple more questions. This one from David Lindsley. We kind of already talked about some of the restrictions, but he said, isn't Verizon shooting itself in the foot with all the silly restrictions they put on their new unlimited plan. I'm guessing he's referring to the throttling and stuff like that. Are they shooting themselves in the foot? Isn't everyone doing some kind of variation on these? These I don't know I don't know if you call them restrictions or just catches. I mean, my that you should know my about. feeling
1: about Verizon doing this whole thing and I did call them assholes before and I sort of feel bad about that but not really is that I think there was two things Verizon wanted to do here. One they wanted to make sure that they had what everyone else was having right, which is we can say we have unlimited data too and we can market that too and we can have a Super Bowl or Oscar ad with unlimited data also. Look at us. Um, so that's one thing I think they were trying to accomplish. The second thing is is that Verizon already had um, an old unlimited data plan from many years back where a lot of people were grandfathered into that plan. And I personally... I was. I was so excited for a while. And you held on to it, right? Yep. And so actually and that away. ended up being a bad thing for Verizon, I think, because that plan was pretty affordable and people were like grandfathered in and they weren't paying more money for data anymore. And so I think this is a way they get people to come into the new world of Verizon and get um, people in that way. So even though the restrictions are sort of annoying, this might end up helping Verizon in a lot of places. And then also when you give the fact that most Verizon customers use like three gigabytes baseline, I don't think... I mean, I don't think the majority of their users are going to be using this bucket.
0: Okay. So you don't think they're shooting themselves in the foot? I don't think so. I mean, it's annoying, these restrictions,
1: right? Like the throttling is annoying and having to use auto pay and use your debit card to pay, even though probably a lot of people do that already. Yeah. And by the way, I did look into it. Yes, there's that Wi-Fi hotspot restriction. So only 10 gigabytes Mm -hmm. you seem to be able to use at full speed um, with unlimited on a Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah, I mean, I think like I think they're just doing this like for marketing value in a big way. And then if people are really serious about some of the stuff, they're probably going to switch to a T-Mobile or something else where they think they can get away with more. Mm-hmm. And this war isn't but going away. Like this war coverage. keeps happening, and uh, we've talked about how fluid things are here. I mean, this war is basically T-Mobile rolls out something great, and then the rest of the, the traditional carriers respond.
0: Then T-Mobile. Yeah, and then we get emails the next day, like, T-Mobile, excuse me, and then we get emails the next day of T-Mobile destroying Verizon's network edge. We get these emails all the time, these press release emails from the companies. I mean, they're just, like, constantly firing back at each other.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's to T-Mobile's credit, I mean, as as their CEO is, he's an interesting character, but, you know, he set out two two or three years ago to kind of change the industry, and they certainly have done that. And, you know, whether it was just lip service, I mean, he certainly got the customers, but, he has. Uh, they have flipped the industry on its head when it comes to all of this stuff. You know, each of the carriers all do respond with carryover data or no overages, and now in this case, unlimited data. So, I mean, I think we'll probably be here in three years still talking about all the same stuff.
0: I think you're probably right. The last question comes from an email from R J Sichaki, I think it is. And sorry about that. He says he's a huge fan of the show. Thank you so much for listening, R J. He wrote a lengthy email, so I'm not going to read all of it, and there were a lot of questions, but one of his questions stood out to me. He did say he used to work in sales, by the way, for one of the big wireless companies back when buckets of minutes were a thing, and back then the average monthly plan he sold was $50 for a single line, and he talked about all the upsell stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to sell customers into ringtones, call tones, remember those, text message buckets, things like that. Obviously, the industry has changed quite a bit, but one of his questions jumped out at me, and he said, do you think 5G will mark the next proverbial carrot to make us give up our quote-unquote cheap rate plans for the next cool service. Yeah, definitely. 5G, we didn't really talk about that, but uh, 5G is, when is it actually, it's being tested now by a couple of the big carriers, but when is it something we can expect to see sort of what, you know, become a more widespread thing, and how do you think that's going to change our wireless plans?
1: I haven't followed it that closely on, so Basically, the ISPs are going to be using 5G both for home broadband and also for mobile. Um, And I know the mobile broadband tests, I think they're started, but like, I think it's going to be a couple more, I I think of things in CESs when it comes to this stuff. I think it's going to be a couple more CESs before we see devices with 5G capability. At least that's the understanding I was getting by talking to some of the people uh,
0: back in January
1: at CES this year.
0: Okay, so we still have a little ways to go. Mm-hmm.
1: But that's the next big race for these these carriers, for sure, is building out the most comprehensive um, 5G networks. But one thing that's interesting that RJ says is he remembers this time of, of these, um, you know, the customer upsells, the ringtones, the call tones. Uh, he says, remember those. I mean, yeah, like it, actually my sister had one like till like three days ago. But um, there's something like that going on that we should point out. The thing that they, they are now doing instead of those are um, device protection plans. And so when you go so to warranties. buy warranties. Exactly, exactly. So when you go to buy a phone now, that's what they try and get you to buy. A ten dollar or twenty dollar monthly device protection plan. Uh, so if something goes wrong with your phone, they'll replace it. And in most cases it's never worth it.
0: So we went from, you know, being upsold on Drake ringtones to buy this useless warranty Mm -hmm. to protect your device. And you don't think anyone really needs that? In most cases, no, they don't need that. Okay. Okay. I mean, I don't want to tell tell the person who's like
1: really klutzy and forgetful and who loses their phone tomorrow or drops their phone and, you know, even dropping your phone in the toilet anymore. Like if you have an iPhone 7, whatever, you know. Like your biggest
0: problem. And is if you like go into an thing. Apple store and you're, and you're buying your phone and activating a wireless service, let's say th- just through the Apple store, you can also get Apple care there. Right. So th- these warranties mm-hmm. that um, actually almost in many protection, cases, I don't want to
1: get into this conversation, but in many cases, Apple care is not worth it.
0: But this these would be the ones from the wireless carriers would be on top of uh, yeah. something that's coming from the manufacturer.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, these are these are things that protect against accidental damage right? Um, so dropping it, smashing a screen, uh, the toilet situation, the pool situation, et cetera. The reasons, and uh, this is a whole other podcast and column, um, but the reason I say it's not worth it is because, especially for iPhone owners, and I'm most familiar with the iPhone, if you break a screen or even a battery goes bad or something else, it usually only costs 100 to $200 to fix that.
0: Right. You can go and in some cases it might even be um, like in the bad, in the case of the bad batteries and the iPhone six and successes they're they're replacing it for free because right. it's their problem. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But yeah, the, and you can definitely get a screen replaced for, as you said, a couple hundred bucks. Yeah.
1: And so what you Which end up no doing now is, is, but yeah, but what you end up doing is paying a phone company over many, many years, hundreds of dollars. Because if you think about it, if you're paying a plan for 10 or $20 a month, you're going to pay off the cost of that screen, and you might not ever reuse it, right? Like, right. So mm-hmm. you're basically throwing away money, which is most warranties, right? I mean, it's insurance. You're you're paying against hopefully nothing that bad ever happens, but right.
0: Okay. Cool. I think that's all we have time for, and um, this has been a really oh God, this is long, fun podcast. I know we went a full hour, and so for anybody who oh, so has been anybody. listening for this long, you um, you get a prize. So Eric Johnson, our producer, just had a great idea. He said the prize for people who have lasted this long in this podcast, because the people who listen this long are probably people who are really suffering from major wireless carrier woes. And so you deserve to have something good at the end of this podcast. Is uh, Joanna is actually going to um, pretend to be Kara for our outro. Oh, Who's I that? am.
1: This has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Joanna, thank you for joining us. You're beautiful brilliant, so attractive, just the best, Joanna.
0: Kara really would say that. Kara would be like, she's fantastic. She's fantastic. She means it. And if you all enjoy it, and then then I come in, and I'm like, ah, if you all enjoyed the episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash toembarrassedask.
1: I love how you did an impression of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) like, then I come in and I
0: say. (laughs) Well, people always, people say to us, I love the dynamic between you and Kara. And I think what they're really trying to say is, you know, Kara's such a grump and you're just so effusive. And like, right. I don't really feel like I'm a techno optimist, but I think it's all relative to Kara. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah. but seriously,
1: subscribe. If you do, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes every Friday and catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too
0: embarrassed to ask. By the way, I hope you're like t- you're tapping on your iPhone and actually doing other things as you're saying this because this just cares at this point she's checked out. Uh-oh. If you're not on iTunes, you can also subscribe on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We are everywhere, people. Or you can listen to every episode at Recode.net/podcasts.
1: And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, Recode Media with Peter Kafka, and Recode is the best.
0: The Verge also has some great podcasts for your listening pleasure. And did you know Joanna Stern co-founded The Verge? By the way, Walt Mossberg and Neil Patel host Control-Walt-Delete, which really Joanna should be on. It should be (laughs) Control-Walt-Joanna-Delete. Nelai also usually hosts The Verge cast, which I don't know why they haven't changed it to The Joanna cast.
1: (laughs) Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time at Recode with the hashtag
0: (laughs) TooEmbarrassed. Or email them to tooembarrassed at recode.net. Thanks for listening. Thanks also to Digital Media, the company that distributes the show. Thanks also to Eric Johnson, who produces this show and is just loving life right now. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then. Thank you, Joanna, so much for joining us.
1: <laughs> I really, ha- my Kara impression is all over the place.
0: <laughs> Needs to get better. Thank you for having me. And I'm so sorry for all of you.